Hey guys, welcome to the Clean Simple Free Podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Fox. I hope everyone's been having an awesome week. I cannot believe it's April already, but that means it's time to talk about spring cleaning. But before we dive into that, real quick, I wanted to let you know about an upcoming giveaway. The Clean Simple Free podcast is doing a giveaway. All of the details will be announced on my Instagram one week from today. So if you don't follow me on Insta, go ahead and follow clean.simple.free and all of those giveaway details will be announced one week from today. I've partnered with a guest that's coming up two weeks from today. So in the very next episode that will be released, you can hear all of the details there. This episode is about spring cleaning, digital decluttering, decluttering and cleaning tips, as well as the history and origins of spring cleaning. You don't want to miss this one. Let's get our homes ready for the spring. Stick around. Today's episode is all about spring cleaning. I don't know about you, but I love spring cleaning. I'm always excited for opportunities to get my home in order and make productive changes. So things like New Year's resolutions and spring cleaning are fun little milestones for me to feel like I'm really on top of taking care of my home. Like I've really got this adulting thing nailed down. Getting our homes situated for spring is also a great opportunity to do some deep cleaning and get rid of overlooked clutter. I was curious about the origins of spring cleaning, so I did a Google search and wanted to share a bit about the history of it with you guys. This is from an article on countryliving.com called How Spring Cleaning Became an Annual Tradition. Quote, During the 1800s, according to the Washington Post, the biggest annual house cleaning took place in the spring because the winter left homes coated with a layer of soot and grime in every room. Lamps of the time were lit with whale oil or kerosene, which had to be heated with coal or wood, so you can just imagine that mess. Proper cleaning required opening windows to let the soot out, which of course could only be done during warmer weather. In Jewish custom, spring cleaning is linked to Passover in March or April, which marks the liberation of Jews from slavery in Egypt. Before the start of the holiday, a general cleaning takes place in order to remove any yeast bread or hametz from the home. In Christian custom, the Catholics clean the church altar the day before Good Friday, also normally in March or April, according to apartment therapy. Members of the Greek Orthodox Church clean house for a week leading up to Lent. In Iran, the holiday Nowruz, or Persian New Year, coincides with the first day of spring. The 13-day celebration traditionally involves cleaning or shaking the house, buying new clothes, and spending time with family and friends. End quote. I so enjoyed reading this. I didn't even think about all the religious holidays that are linked to the time of year that we do spring cleaning, so I hope you learned something new too. I'm going to read you something else from apartmenttherapy.com. Quote, during the cold of winter, humans produce more melatonin, which, while not a bad thing, can lead us to feel less motivated and generally lazier. During this time, you might find that you're much more interested in pulling up a cozy blanket and binge-watching Netflix than being very industrious. But when the days get longer and warmer, our bodies react accordingly, and the energy we've been missing all winter returns, leading large numbers of us to start doing things like washing the curtains and digging out the steam cleaner from the attic. Regardless of how one might feel about tackling some of the odd jobs around the house, spring is usually the time of year we start to notice areas of our homes that need some care and attention. The longer daylight hours highlight how mucky the windows have become, and the harsh winter has turned pristine coats of paint into flecks of dilapidated grime. 
Whatever our reasons for rolling up our sleeves and attacking sections of our homes with renewed vigor, the annual spring clean feels distinctly different from the chores we carry out through the rest of the year. It can often feel a cathartic action rather than grim drudgery. End quote. I couldn't agree more. I really do find catharsis in doing my spring cleaning. So now that you know the cultural, historical, and biological reasons why we practice spring cleaning, let's dive into how to make the most of refreshing our homes for spring. In past episodes, I've given you a checklist-style rundown of how to do your spring or fall cleaning, but every home is different, and a list that works perfectly for me may not necessarily be the right checklist for you. So rather than do another episode where I do a step-by-step, I want to discuss some of the areas in our lives where we may neglect cleaning and decluttering. And I feel like one of those areas that we neglect is digital clutter. That was the first thing that came to mind when I was brainstorming this episode. Let me ask you a question. On a scale of 1 to 10, how cluttered is your email inbox right now? Mine is quite cluttered. I get a ton of email pinging on my phone all day long. Because of how search engine optimization works, as a podcast producer, I feel like I'm on this massive spam registry because I get tons of people reaching out, offering their business products and services as if I'm a big company. And it's very difficult for me to keep my inbox at zero. Because of this, there have even been times that I've lost track of important emails, like listeners writing in or legitimate requests for interview guests, which actually reminds me as a side note, if you have ever reached out to me and not received a reply, please email me again. I comb through my emails and even my spam folder pretty regularly, but it is possible to miss something, so feel free to always send a follow-up if you haven't heard back. But back to the topic, we are so frequently bombarded with emails on a daily basis that it is hard to keep our inboxes clean. So for spring cleaning this year, you may want to set aside a few hours to unsubscribe to all those digital mailing lists, create folders for sorting important emails, and tackle your inbox clutter. Another digital clutter item is photos stored on our phones. I don't know about you guys, but I take tons of pictures. Even before the days of digital cameras, I've always loved snapping photos to preserve memories. But this means that I can take hundreds of photos a week of pretty scenery, pictures of friends, selfies, pictures of food or my pets, and that makes it really hard to find a specific photo when I'm looking for it. If you snap a lot of pictures, which I feel like a lot of us do because we're in such a social media oriented age, you've probably tried sorting your photos into different albums to navigate them better. So you probably have a folder for different categories like pictures to post to Instagram or a folder of pictures of your kids. And it just becomes so messy to try and navigate through all those little subcategories. So this is a huge project, but if this sounds like you, I'm going to suggest that you make it your goal this spring to whittle away at your digital photo collection until you have only images that are important enough for you to keep. Get rid of all the screenshots, keep one good photo of your sleeping cat and get rid of the other 40 that you snapped in the same moment and narrow it down until your photo collection is manageable. A really good way to do this is to sort through them by the date. And when you get to a stopping point, make a note of the date you left off at so that you can pick it up again and delete photos until everything is downscaled. 
I have one more digital clutter suggestion, and that is to go through your contact list in the address book of your phone. This is something I do about once a year, but if you've never done it, it is crazy how many phone numbers we can accumulate. It doesn't take that long to sort through, and you might be surprised to see what's cluttering up your contact list. The last time I did this, I deleted so many numbers for businesses in cities I no longer live in. I was like, oh yeah, I definitely don't need the number for the pharmacy and vet in those two cities, and now I don't have to try and remember which vet is the correct one when I'm trying to make an appointment. You might even find numbers for exes or old coworkers you no longer speak to. Free up your contact list so that you can find the numbers you need when you need them. We're going to talk about more traditional spring cleaning tips, but first, a quick break for a word from our sponsors. And welcome back to the episode. Let's talk about more traditional spring cleaning tips. I tend to get more excited about the clutter clearing aspect of spring cleaning rather than the actual tidying just because I think it's fun to declutter, and we will get into those kinds of tips towards the end of the episode. But one thing I love about this time of year is googling spring cleaning checklists to see if there's an area of my home that I have not been keeping tidy. Some of the checklists are so thorough, they'll say things like, make sure to wipe out your silverware organizer, make sure to clean the vents on your stove, and I'll be like, oh yeah, I completely forgot about those. So if you do a quick search for ultimate spring cleaning checklist, you will find a hundred great lists and thorough guides for cleaning everything from your furniture to your window screens. I'll let you take a look at these lists at your leisure and choose your favorites on your own time, but let me give you my favorite recommendations that always make me feel like my home is refreshed for spring. The first one is to change your air filter. This is especially important if you have pets or live in a very pollen-heavy climate because we are breathing in all the dander, pollen, and irritants that settle into those filters. The general rule is to change it every 90 days, which makes it easy to remember to do this at the start of each season. Another thing is to dust off your ceiling fan blades. If you have ceiling fans in your home, you'll probably want to turn those on as the weather begins to warm up a little bit, and you don't want to be breathing in allergens or having your fan kick up dust bunnies all over your house. Those things get dusty, so if you suffer from seasonal allergies like me, these two suggestions will really make a difference for the air quality in your home. It's funny, the changing of the season is really the only time that I even think about doing those two chores. I also really like making sure that my windows are nice and clean. Again, with the weather warming up, we all want to pull back the curtains or blinds and let the sunshine in, and it's such a good feeling to look at clean, streak-free windows and screens that are not dusty. I actually have a little pro tip for those of you who struggle with cleaning windows and leaving streaks. Use a little bit of Dawn dish soap diluted with water. This is a tip I picked up from my dad, who owns a big commercial and residential window cleaning company, and as a professional, he swears by using Dawn dish soap diluted with water. This is not a paid advertisement, I'm not affiliated with Dawn, but get your window nice and soapy, use a squeegee, and you'll have beautiful streak-free windows. It works way better than window cleaning spray. Try it out, let me know what you think. Something else that I love is choosing a new scent for my home during the change of the seasons. It's a little off topic because this isn't cleaning per se, but a lot of us use room spray, so I'm going to mention it. 
In the fall and winter, I like using apple or cinnamon scented air fresheners and candles, and I like choosing floral or fruity fragrances for the spring. It's just something that I can spray or light up a candle and be like, ah, oh, it smells like spring in here. Jasmine is a really nice fresh scent that I like, or getting a lemon scented cleanser is a great way to make things smell fresh and clean. And I feel like it's a little subconscious way to signal to our brains that it's a new season with these fragrances. Totally non-essential, but it's something that I really enjoy. As far as decluttering goes, sometimes it can feel like I'm repeating myself in this podcast, but in my opinion, it is important to be reminded of the basics when we are sorting our items to eliminate clutter. I know that when I'm about to declutter a drawer, or look through my cabinets for the first time in a while, I like to read articles that will motivate me to want to get rid of any clutter that's made its way into my home. I will literally Google how to get rid of clutter or something really basic, or jump on the Zen Habits blog and read an article or two to inspire me and get me in the zone. So I'm going to give you some quick refreshers on how to effectively decide what you no longer need. If something is broken, ask yourself, can it be repaired? If the answer is yes, ask yourself if it's worth the time it will take to repair it. Last week, my fiance lost a button on his favorite shirt. So to me, that's worth the five minutes it takes to fix it because it is his favorite. Also last week, one of my cats knocked over a figurine and a little piece of the figure was broken off but it's not worth it to me to find out what kind of glue I should use on porcelain. It's better to just get rid of it and be done with it. Another great question we can ask ourselves is, do I like it or even want it anymore? Our taste can change and something that you liked two years ago may not spark joy anymore or might not fit with your current aesthetic. A few months ago, I gave away a wall sculpture. It was a paper mache deer that had a sort of patchwork look to it. And when I purchased it from a local art market, I thought it was just so unique and cool and artsy. And it brought me a lot of joy at that time. But the primary color used in this piece was orange. Well, I don't have anything orange in my home. So it was hanging on my wall and I just looked at it one day and realized I didn't like it anymore. It stood out in a bad way, didn't match the vibe in my home, and it was just time to let go of it. So I ended up giving it away to a friend who wanted it, and I haven't regretted it. So sometimes we simply fall out of love with our possessions. Next question we can ask ourselves is, do I use it often enough? Obviously, things that we don't use can be let go of pretty easily, but seeing if we use something regularly is an important distinction to make. I'd like to share something from Joshua Becker from Becoming Minimalist that has helped me out a lot recently. This was from a Becoming Minimalist email that I received last month. He says, Earlier this week, I posted a quote on Facebook without commentary and the crowd went wild. Just because you use an item doesn't mean you need to keep it. Some people told me I was absolutely crazy. Are you dim? That's illogical. Probably the worst decluttering tip ever. Others found the idea liberating. This is fantastic. This is actually so true. I need to do this exact thing. Personally, I find the thought so incredibly freeing, especially when someone is actively working to own less. I wanted to repeat it again here. It seems to me that a lot of people took the quote to mean that I was telling people to get rid of every item they use. This is terrible advice. If I got rid of my comb, I'd have to brush my hair with my fingers. Why would I ever get rid of something that I use? But I'm not encouraging us to get rid of everything we use just because we use it. 
Just because you use an item doesn't mean you need to keep it is different from get rid of every item you use. In reality, our homes are filled with a whole bunch of things we think we need just because we occasionally use them. I can't declutter this item because I use it is a thinking trap we fall into that can keep us stuck and keep us from making progress, freeing up space, time, and money. End quote. He goes on in the email to talk about how he downscaled his kitchen utensils from six spatulas to two spatulas because even though he used all six at different times, they weren't all being used frequently enough. He also talks about helping a woman get rid of a platter she used for Christmas cookies once a year because she realized she could use another non-seasonal platter for the same purpose. This email single-handedly helped me get rid of my food dehydrator. It's bulky, it's heavy, and while I do use it every couple of months, I don't use it often enough to justify keeping it. I've mentioned before that my kitchen space is pretty limited and I cook from home a lot, which requires a lot of dishes, but I don't need that massive food dehydrator taking up all my space just because I make kale chips and celery salt a couple of times a year. I have an entire shelf freed up now and I feel so much better having more space in my kitchen. So if you use something but not often, consider how it would feel to just get rid of it. Here are a few other questions we can ask ourselves while decluttering that I'll just list off in sort of a rapid fire way. Does it fit? Does it fit my body, my decor, my space? Does it still work? Have I used it in the last six months? Will I use it in the next six months? If you're wondering whether to keep or get rid of something, remember the 2020 rule. Can I replace it in 20 minutes for less than $20? If the answer is yes, you can safely get rid of it. Am I keeping this item out of obligation? This question works well for gifts you've received, heirlooms or keepsakes, or any sentimental objects. Is it worth it to me to care for this item? Cleaning it, storing it, letting it take up space in your home. These are questions that I know you've probably asked yourself a million times, but that we will always be asking ourselves on our continued minimal journey. It's good to keep these questions in the back of our mind when tackling any kind of cleaning or clutter clearing projects. Some of you may have already started your spring cleaning, and if you have, I hope that these tips can still be helpful to you throughout the year. My last little tip for you is to set your intentions for the upcoming season. If you want to start jogging or start a gratitude practice or spend more time with family, write it down. It doesn't have to be a full journal page. It can even be a little note in your phone or a sticky note on your mirror that reminds you of your intention. The changing of the seasons is an awesome opportunity for us to recenter our focus and think about the things that really matter. By keeping our focus on what's important, it can be easier to see what we'd like to let go of in order to make space for new growth. That wraps up this week's episode. Good luck with your spring cleaning. Hey, if you want to tag me on Instagram to show me any transformations or decluttering hauls or anything like that, my social media presence has not always been great on Instagram, but I am making an effort to use it more regularly. So help me <laughs> create a community. Help me out. Help me stick to the social media thing. Follow me at clean.simple.free. And of course you can always DM to say hi 
or let me know any topics that you'd like to hear. And you can always email me at clean.simple.free at gmail.com. If you would like to support this show, this show really appreciates and depends on listener support. So you can click the link that says support this podcast in the show notes, starting at just 99 cents per month. Thanks so much for tuning in and remember clean spaces make for a more simple way of life. And when life is simplified, your mind will feel free. See you next time.